Episode is this two thirty seven? Yes. Fuck, I got it. Episode two thirty seven, serious rap shit podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we about to get busy, get the rocking in the free world. What's going on, Josh? Uh, same shit, bro. You know, just just you know, try and get by. You know what I mean? Try and get by. Like Kwali told us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just just get yeah. by, niggas. You know what I mean? It's all you can do sometimes, bro. Listen. Listen, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I have a pretty fun, sometimes uneventful, but pretty fun life. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm making it, you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, I've been like a little annoyed with uh, niggas not paying me my money when, it, as always, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But besides that, like, it's cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I see uh, mm-hmm. a clear path to the future. You know what I mean? I feel good. I smell good right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know, I I yeah, I feel good. I wish it was like a little less overcast outside yeah. today, but you know, yeah. we don't control that. Nah. But yeah. It's, nah. Ain't, ain't shit. I've been chilling. They they ain't give us the passcode to harp yet, so we don't control the weather. Ooh, imagine you know what I mean? fuck sixes. <laughs> imagine if niggas give us like the four digit pin to the harp machine. Listen. Bro. Philly would be the best. Like, you know how they talk about, like, San Diego's got, like, the San best Diego weather on the planet. <laughs> Philly would have the best weather on the planet, dog. Like, I don't know. You know, it's been, like, 74 degrees for, like, eight months now. <laughs> nice light breeze in the evening. Yeah. I don't know. Something, something's up. Yeah, all I need is, like, the... a polo pullover jacket. Like, that's pretty much all I need. That's all I need, yeah. Throughout all my winter coats. Cause, yeah, yeah, gave... I never need anything more than the snow beach joint. Like, you know what I mean? Yo. Like. <laughs> Y'all niggas stop making them bootleg snow beaches too, yo. So you know bad, what I'm saying? Yo. I'm I am not like a purist at all mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, y'all stop popping up on Instagram with the fucking the fake joints that y'all making. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. Yeah, talk. Have you seen like some of the some of the shit on the new Woo series, bro? I, I, I'm like, it <laughs> seems close. like. Yeah, I'm like, this seems like some knockoff shit, bro. <laughs> yo, yeah, they're, they're definitely like making like, shit. Yo, we hitting Canal Street for the wardrobe for season three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you remember season one, they were wearing like, fuck. They were wearing um, like windbreakers and shit mm-hmm. that had like Chinese lettering on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I guarantee you them niggas wasn't wearing that shit yes. in like 1990. Yeah. There's no fucking like, yo, way y'all was We got that. Japanese streetwear. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, dude, I'm looking like, yo, why are y'all? Ah, whatever. <laughs> what the fuck ever. I, um, the third season, ah, yeah, since we, since we talking about it, the third season of the Woo series has been, uh, not as good as the yeah. other two. Nah. And the other two had like the first two had problems, yeah. and the third one I'm kind of like uh, I I watch the shit out of it. And yeah, yeah, I'm watching have it regardless. A good time. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's certain shit. I'm like, and plus, you know, I don't know if they intended. Maybe they did. 
I don't know if they intended to do to go this far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean with it, because uh, you know they may have initially just mapped out that season one, like yeah, yeah, exactly. The Wu Tang that felt like a really uh, fleshed out world, absolutely and narrative mm-hmm. that they built. But so, so you know, we might be in that position. <laughs> Someday, niggas, it'd be two niggas like us on a podcast. <laughs> like, yo, season three of that show is trash. I don't think <laughs> we're just sitting there like, yeah, out. be like, what do you want? Like, we didn't plan listen, on three seasons. They they backed up a fucking Brinks truck, yeah, to our house. Absolutely, <laughs> so we had to do season three. Someone will wake up at the end and it'll be all a dream, and we'll be it's like, hey, but you know what? Check cash, baby. <laughs> like that's what I care about. Um, Atlanta. I also wonder. Was there a, uh, like, once they started doing, like you said, I think, like, that first season is really well plotted out. And so that that idea, like, was fully fleshed out. Yeah. I think, like, then last season, and then I, I think they didn't, I think they thought they were going to get a little more season. So now, like, everything feels kind of compressed, too. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I also think that possibly shifting... Um, your POV from just RZA really to everybody else because so many of the characters at this point just feel like oh they're just their rap lyrics like you know what I mean mm. like that's what their characters are really like their personas yeah yeah like there's not like a development of character and like a lot of the a lot of the people so like I think I think trying to keep it narrow and focus so much on like. Well, RZA is the focus, which I completely understand. He produced mm-hmm. all those original albums and all that kind of shit. Although, like, I know, like, was it Fourth Disciple, Fourth Disciple. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I got. Like, I know, like, he did some stuff and so, like, so I know there's like some more people in there that are getting cut out. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? But all that shit's but, mainly RZA, like those, those yes. first few albums. Yeah. Yes, and that's and like, so I completely understand. The problem is, I don't think the character of RZA is written well enough. To make him the focal point. Honestly, mm. I think ODB is the best, like probably the best actor on the show, and the dude playing uh, Divine is great. Yeah. yeah. Even though <laughs> the character is completely different from season one to season two, and now season three, like he's not the same person. Duh. But that's fine. <laughs> I love, I love, love, love. Also, one uh, before I even say that about Divine, um, you saying that them. Uh, shifting perspectives from RZA to everybody else and, mm-hmm. and that being a challenge I think is a very profound insight because oh, I didn't you. even think of that but yeah. that may be some of what we're seeing as a wide like the the story is a little janky but dog, Divine season one of Divine, his character <laughs> RZA's like, yo man I love music I love hip hop, bro. I just want to make music. I want to be free of the street life. And Divide's like, no, nigga, you better go out there and sell them fucking drugs, nigga. I'll kill you myself, even though I'm your brother. But then season three, he's like in a suit. He's like, well, gosh, this, this music industry sure is difficult to navigate. I love that shit, dog. Yes. Like, so he, good, dude. He cracks me the fuck up every time he's kind of like, code switching yeah. it cracks me the fuck up I'm like cause his character was completely different yeah. 
before. Uh, it's like it's a it's a hundred and eighty, like a whole one eighty of like a different person. <laughs> but I love it, and he's so good. The dude is really good as an actor. I he think he's is. Great. He is. Um, he's I think the dude who plays Power is really good too. But again, like his whole storyline is kind of just nothing this season. They don't give him enough. He's nah. Power. Uh, pretty much every time he shows up on on screen, he has like a threatening aura. Mm-hmm. But they don't. It's not enough because you know you're telling a story with you know the eight grandmasters, and you got you know. Uh, Riz's sister, and you got power, and you got mm-hmm. divine. You you're telling a narrative with like a dozen people or so. Yeah, it's difficult. That's hard. That's it's hard. not an easy. It's really not easy. Um, the undertaking itself. I, that's why I really would have loved the idea that I think being you talked about during season one of like making it more um, like of of warring. Uh, clans and all that kind of, and like making it more fantastical because I think it would have allowed you to um, bend narrative and play more than trying to tell a straight story of like 12 characters. It's really difficult and you're only going to have to like make compromises. Right. Right. So I, I listen, I still, like you said, I'm going to fucking watch it. Because Watch it's one of my... Of <laughs> I don't care how bad it get. <clears throat> Part of it's just because it's so much... Uh, like, dude, when they're talking about, like, making uh, Cuban links and, like, Ray and Ghost are, like, walking through the woods together and, like, coming up lines for criminology or some shit, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'll give... Like, I'll excuse all of it fuck. for this. <laughs> yeah, like... Oh, fuck, yeah. I'll give a shit, dog. Like, when they were talking about watching something, I swore, watching a movie, I swore we were going to be like... Get the like, oh man, meth got my killer tape. Right, right, right. I was right, waiting right. for that line. I was like, right. Out of all the lines that you squeeze in there from from rat saws, you couldn't squeeze that line into right. the into the show. Wow, what a missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I don't mind a TV show. I'm not calling this TV show bad, but I don't mind a show being bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch bad shit all day. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's it's this shit. I see some folks that are like offended by it. Or mm. Season one mainly, people were like, yeah. "Oh, this is bad." I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, <laughs> I you know care. what I'm saying? I'm with it. I, I do admire the chances they take too. Yeah, like like make some like make something shitty, make something messy. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. There's a time for good art, quote unquote, and then there's a time for trashy shit i've been watching pro wrestling on a loop for months now <laughs> oh, all i watch i watch like other like occasional yeah. shits day to day all i watch is pro wrestling and i watch uh the sb nation like secret base uh shit on youtube where they the deep dive yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dive, like, like uh, beef. sports documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch them just too. That's all I watch. And yeah. it teaches me about narrative. It teaches me, like, how to better contextualize shit. Like, watching wrestling and Secret Base, mm-hmm. I promise you, the shit that I've written in the last couple months is stronger than anything I wrote in the last half of, of 2022. Where I was like working on fucking fumes, so 
I don't mind shit that's like low stakes, quote unquote, yeah. like trash. You know what I mean? So yeah, if the woo the woo series is bad, fuck it. I I think I, I forget where I wrote it, mm-hmm. but I wrote it somewhere, and I was just like, like "Yo, everything's storytelling." Yeah, like wrestling is storytelling. Like you know what I mean? And it's not till I got older that I I appreciated how much storytelling is done in wrestling. Um, you know those SB Nation things. Like it, it wasn't till I got older and understood more how that shit mm-hmm. is made that like, oh, it's all about like telling a story and being able to tell a good story. And and a compelling one, you know what I mean? Um, and like I said, even if when you like take chances and it even if it um quote unquote right. fails as a chance, right. I still appreciate that. Um I think we can get to some news this week. Uh first off, gotta talk the passing of Dave the Dove yeah. Trugoy from uh uh De La Soul. Absolutely uh, mind-blowing learning that he passed away, dog. I did not see that shit coming. Not that we... When do we ever, really? No. You know what I mean? But I I did not see that shit coming. And, you know, what a loss of, of, you know, one-third of really... I said this on, uh, on the radio. There's only a few peers that De La Soul has in in influence and and reach and and uh quality of their catalog like if you're talking De La Soul you know you're talking to Tribe Called Quest Run DMC Outkast Public Enemy it ain't too many Mm -hmm. in their in their class and to lose uh True Goy yeah I, I I think I'm still in shock about it like it's 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 like it I did not, you know, people say like, oh, I didn't have that in my bingo car. I, yeah, I did not expect to be, uh, to, to, to have this happen. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody say maybe that's why only Paz was at the Grammys mm-hmm. hip hop celebration is because true, uh, it was mm-hmm. Dave was the sick. Same thought. Um, cause apparently like the art, the article I read, like said, like he had been sick for a while. Wow. Um, and they just hadn't. They hadn't talked about yeah. it. Um, and, uh, Jesus. yeah, man, you know, we talked about Run DMC last episode, maybe, or the two episodes ago, um, about them having, like, being, like, on a tier of untouchable, like, statuses in hip-hop and, like, iconic, iconic yeah. symbols in hip-hop. I put Daylight at the same position. Um, yeah. Dela was different. You wrote a beautiful piece. Um, oh, thank you, man. Uh, about him, it was okay player, right? Yeah, o- okay player. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You wrote a beautiful piece about True Goy, um, in um, on, on okay player, and um, just like what he represented, um, and what Dela represented of a difference. I mean, like you know, you you just have to go think about the be myself and I video where like you have these different symbols of like what like hip hop was essentially yeah, in the yeah, classroom. Like the hard rocks and shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were different. And like that was their that was their their intro of just being different. But then they just they were legitimately themselves in a space 
in, in hip hop of like hyper masculinity and these kind of ideas. And De La was unapologetically themselves. Yeah. And it was crazy is that uh, they came out, like, their first song, they was letting you know, like, all right, we on yes. some other shit. Like, you know, we look a little different. We rhyme mm-hmm. different. You know, we on some other shit. But if you look at the response that they got, it's, it's you know, difficult to impress this upon you know, younger people who may, you know, not have been around or weren't, you know, weren't uh, born yet uh, or conscious, you know, what was going on back then in 89 when De La came out. They were beloved by their peers. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's a video on YouTube. You can look it up. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was filmed in New York. It was De La Soul's album release party. Mm-hmm. And... DMC is there, uh, Red Alert is there, you know, uh, all of these folks, uh, Kane is there, all of these folks showed up to De La's, uh release party, and the camera, you know, they're like doing interviews, like live interviews on the camera and shit, and they're asking people, well, what do you think about De La? what do you think about De La? Everybody's like, yo, they on some shit. You know, the beats are crazy, the mm-hmm. rhymes are crazy and bugged out. They're they're doing this and they're doing that. Their peers are showing them love. That uh those first uh three records, like De La Soul is Dead or uh Three Feet High Rising, De La Soul is Dead and uh Balloon Mind State. Mm-hmm. Those records, Balloon Mind State less so. But I remember reading reviews of those records. You know what I mean? Those records were pretty much uh hailed as classics when they yes, came out. Absolutely. So the community for as as unique as they were, I feel like the community understood where they were coming from. Everybody loved Daylight. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Me, myself and I, when we was kids, everywhere you go, that funkadelic loop, you would hear that shit everywhere. So that was one thing I tried to uh expressing that uh okay player piece they were unique but they were not outcasts of our culture you know what i'm yes, saying absolutely they, they came out of you know you before them you had ultra magnetic you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying you you listen to daylight live their live show they be pulling shit from the cold crush like mm-hmm. how they be doing routines and different shit like that so they're firmly within the the uh context of the culture's history too so it's like it's yeah the daylight uh I've said this before you know many times over the years uh daylight soul is really a gift to us you know 100%. what I'm saying like and I'm I'm grateful to have been a young person uh who who was able to grow up with them and yes. with that music yeah I I think um as you like the way you put it is perfect. And I, and I think one of the, uh, I think one of the most important things is like, while they may have, like you said, been, you know, different than what most people traditionally thought of hip hop. What I, I and I think this is important as as like hip hop turns fifty and all that kind of stuff. It's something that we and you have tried to talk about uh, a lot, and uh, as far as hip hop culture goes. 
that it's not like a singular, it's not a monolith. Hip hop culture is not a monolith. There is no like one definable way to be hip hop. I think, you know, we've talked about that in the, in the sense of like younger MCs now where people are like, oh, that's not, you know, that's not hip hop culture. And it's just like, it is like hip hop's yeah. not a monolith. There's no like one singular way to do it. It's just a big tree, yo. Yeah. Like lots of and, branches, and, lots of roots. And they lost part of that. And like, they are one of the first real examples of that. That like there isn't a monolith of what you need to be in to be in hip hop, and you know losing one of those those founding members it hurts, man. Like it, I I really love Daylight. It's one they're one of my favorite groups of all time, and at fifty four, man, just so young, bro, so yeah. so 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 young. It's no age at all, and I couldn't imagine what like Paz and Mace and, and oh like yeah Prince Paul. You know, I can imagine what they going through. Y'all, y'all fought so hard for years mm-hmm. to get control of your music, even beyond like the music thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll put it in that context for right now. Y'all fought so hard to get control of your music, and you got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like okay, it's gonna be available. Y'all came to whatever agreement y'all came to with Tommy Boy and shit. Uh, and whoever whoever owns that that catalog, uh, so the music's coming, and you know all the Gen Z kids are gonna be able to get into it. Like mm-hmm. this witty, eclectic, fucking colorful group that they have not been able to really yes. listen to and discover. The young people gonna get into it. The older people who know and love y'all are gonna be able to, you know, play y'all in the car and and and, and in the crib and all of this shit and play y'all for their kids and everything. And to lose him right as y'all at the the finish line, it's a fucking cruel irony. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I yeah, I I was sick, uh, reading that shit when it happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I w- I was doing something else. I hadn't seen it. Uh. We I was doing something and was off like Twitter and shit. Yeah. And then I I logged on and saw uh, a post that was talking about Daylight and I you know I liked it because it was like mm-hmm. a pretty long post. Was, I was like oh yeah you know I like this shit it's about Daylight and then I saw the end like rest in peace Dave and I pfft. you, you hard, know what bro. it was it was it was uh, the Super Bowl it was the night of the Super Bowl yes. we were at the bar that's what yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wasn't looking at my phone. I happened to check it. I saw that shit. I was crying in the bar. Dog. Like, yeah. I had tears in my eyes in the, the fucking bar watching the Super Bowl. Shit was yeah. crazy. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Dave. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and and uh, mentioning Hip Hop 50th, I, I do want to touch on this. Um, BET enlisted Black Thought um, to do essentially... A wrap up or whatever, like they basically do like a a an in depth like four and a half minute piece about hip hop. Yeah. Um, in round form with uh, shout out to Benny Boom who who directed it. Um, Philly's somebody, own Benny Boom. Yes, yes. Um, again, somebody. I, I'm really surprised. One thing I want to say this real quick. Really surprised more hip hop directors, like video directors, didn't move more into film. Kind of surprised at that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like Hype Williams did it. Yeah, but didn't. But not a ton either, though. Like yeah. you would think, like he would done, he would done a shit ton more. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, did, did uh, what's the guy? Little X? Did he make movies? Little X, yeah, yeah. I think he changed his name again, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, yeah. Uh, not, I, yeah, you would think it would be. I'm more. surprised. I'm really surprised more uh, hip hop like video music directors didn't go. Like, especially like late '90s, early 2000s, as big and expansive as those yeah. uh, those videos were. Like, I um, don't think Diane Martell makes films. No, I I'm, I, like just, I'm so. She still does videos. Yeah, yeah I'm really movie, surprised. No, 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 absolutely not. I'm just surprised like more people haven't like gone into that. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I mean, like, listen. First of all, thoughts piece is just so good and so like so thorough and in depth. And um, one thing he broad, mentioned, and I, I I hadn't really thought about it was Sylvia Robinson, a woman, is hip hop's first real mogul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think it kind of gets overlooked, but like, because you know, like when you think of hip hop moguls, it's like. Death Row, Puffy, yeah. like, you know, Suge, whatever. Russell Simmons, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Dame Dash and Jay-Z, and like, like that kind of thing. Sylvia Robinson is the first hip-hop mogul, the first woman to, like, really, like, make hip-hop records. And, like, that's important. And I think, you know, we get a, a vision of, uh, uh, I can't think of Sis' name, who started Walk Aware. Um, oh, April Walker. April Walker. Like, Hip hop's first big clothing line was kind of like a a woman behind it. You know what I mean? I remember Walker wear everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's um, he was intentional about bigging up the women. Yes, in this absolutely. Show. You know, yes. Shot Rock. Uh, yes, got a shout out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, probably the first woman to rap on a a, a record. Shot yes. Rock. Um, Salt and Pepper got they love. Salt and Pepper, Nikki, definitely. Yeah. Cardi, May, Queen, you know uh, Queen Latifah, all that Latifah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ill um, to see all of this stuff happening. It feels like uh, hip hop was solidified from the day absolutely it was it was first formed. Um, but it's it's interesting to me to see all of this stuff kind of being uh, institutionalized in American uh, cultural lore. I wonder mm-hmm. how all of this shit's gonna play out. I hope that. It doesn't end up being uh, like how they they say jazz is museum music. I hope it yes. doesn't end up being that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even in jazz, like if you look at like the last handful of years, um, there are a lot of young jazz musicians and mm-hmm. bands. Like I've, you know, in the early like two thousands, it didn't feel like there was this much young energy. Just picking the early two thousands. Um, it didn't feel like it was this much energy around jazz as it is yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you know, take that as as you will. But yeah, I hope that uh, this institutionalizing of hip hop history doesn't uh, sap the juice from yeah. from yeah, the yeah, music exactly. and the culture. Uh, but the Black Thought piece is is beautiful, and I I I was thinking this too with what you mentioned about. Um, Benny Boom and uh, this being a BET production, I wonder how much Benny Boom does with BET because the first thing that I noticed about this was that uh, I was like, yo, BET with like the ciphers and shit that they do, mm-hmm. that's what this looks like. It looks like. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like thought a, it was something to do with that when I first saw it pop up. Right. Like it's, you know, BET really uh, has like a, is, has developed a really beautiful uh visual aesthetic they they do like that stark black and white thing yes. 
you know, with with the ciphers. And this this very much looks like something that they would cut in on like a mm-hmm. BET awards. But then also they're using like the archival images as he's making references yeah. to different places and people and, and events. They're cutting in like the archival pictures. This shit's really well done. You know what I mean? Niggas talk mm-hmm. shit about BET, but fuck that. I'm a BET supporter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I wish it were actually owned by black people, but that's it's <laughs> a later conversation. I wish it were still owned by yes. black people. Um, but yeah, they they've been knocking it out the park on the low low with uh, like the BT awards, the one in the pandemic, like the 2020 one, mm-hmm. absolutely beautifully well done. That shit was incredible. Um, so they've been knocking it out the park in this uh, Black Thought 50th uh, anniversary of hip hop piece is just like another example of them, uh, you know, for, for all of its contradictions and, and like all of the fuck shit that BET has aired. This showed me like, oh, y'all know y'all still got some folks up there that know mm-hmm. how to handle black culture in, yeah. in a beautiful, tasteful way. Yeah, I definitely. You can feel that somebody who loves the culture put this together. Yeah, you just carrying I mean? this shit. Yeah, Black absolutely. Thought, his rhyming, the the style that he's kind of kicking, the way he's just like pulling, you mm-hmm. know, this 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 line for line, and in a historical context, it reminds me of the song uh, that he did with Ghostface uh, in the park, where like. Yes. Ghost, I can't remember what album that is. It's the it's the album with the uh the composition book on the cover. Go but, is that Ghost uh, Dini? I think that's the Ghost Dini album, isn't it? Now Ghost Dini uh is the Wizard of Poetry, that one? Yeah, that's what I'm that's thinking. That's like the R and B one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not that. It's the niggas niggas listening know. Steve, yes, I know Steve what you're talking. I, I can like, see the album cover in, in my head. Yeah. Yeah, this this shit. It reminded me of that because uh, in the park, it's like ghosts talking about like early hip hop history in mm-hmm. New York. And then Black Thought comes in and does like the whole history of Philly hip hop. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, it all started at the after midnight Philly, but walk with me. Uh, I, I can't think of the rest of the shit. But like, he's like, uh, you know, a bumping tough crew, a bunch of wild Puerto Ricans to stuff you. Like, he's like going through yeah. the whole history of like Philly rap. And that's what this shit reminded me of, just him uh, giving us, like, a real detailed, micro, you know, quick and dirty version of of hip-hop history. I thought this shit was really fucking well done. Yeah, it was beautiful, dude. And, and Thought's just a master technician, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he smoked that shit. Yeah, he's so good, man. So, so, so good. And, and you know... I feel honored. Like, as I was watching it, it was one of the things where I was like, yo, I feel honored to be a part of this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be yeah. a part of hip-hop culture. Like, I feel like that's, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel legitimately honored to be a part of it. And, like, especially as I'm watching, like, all these legends and shit. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. Um, You know, just, just insane. And... I feel very humbled and honored to be a part of part of it in any type of way. Um, uh, I think we should uh, get into uh, some new music. Did you listen to anything new this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm continuing my streak of not <laughs> naming <laughs> uh, rap records when we do our new music. 
Uh, but yeah, I've been fucking with this shit. Uh, it's a band from L.A. called Zulu. And okay. the album is entitled A New Tomorrow. I don't want to fuck it up. Let me double check. Yeah, A New Tomorrow. And this shit is like uh, hardcore punk, uh, you know, power violence. Like, this shit is hard body, dog. Like, they start, it's an all-black band, right? Mm-hmm. So the album starts has like these beautiful strings and like pianos and shit. And you're like, I thought this was a punk record. Yeah. And the music cuts out like real quick. And you hear a voice uh, that comes on. I love when people do shit like this. All the strings and pretty shit like cut out real quick. And it's like, yo, this Zulu, the fuck is y'all niggas on? And it's like, yo, that shit is so hard. And, you know, I love seeing, like, young black folks in particular playing punk, hardcore, metal, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Um, and it's it's ill because, uh, sonically, the album kind of uh, has, like, a theme around, like, black culture in general. But, like, a song will be playing and it'll be like, like, real, like, crazy shit. And it'll just cut out. And they'll just play like a Curtis Mayfield record. You know ah, what I word. mean? Like the the song will end and it sounds, the way they recorded it, it kind of sounds like you're hearing it like on a radio or something. Yeah, yeah. So the <coughs> songs have uh, all of these little instances where they call back to older black music. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, y'all are telling us that like this is the shit y'all play. You know, what would some people wouldn't consider black music, like hardcore punk, power violence, all of that shit. But you're reminding us, like, oh, we're still, we still exist in this continuum of black music and black culture. Yeah, absolutely. So this this shit, Zulu, uh, A New Tomorrow, is fucking hard body. If you like, uh, you know, punk and like hard guitar music, this shit is like, you, you you'll kick a hole in the wall. <laughs> Some of these songs. So yeah, this shit. That's that's really, really, really like my favorite thing that I've been uh, rocking with this week. Where um, I want to check that out. I definitely want to check that it's out. Wait, it, crazy. It's just all streaming services. Yeah, yeah. It's it's everywhere. Okay, you find it everywhere. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. And me continuing my uh, path of just talking about. British MCs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this record is actually uh, a couple years old. It's from uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Cochlear Rock. It's by Sunny Jim and Buckwild. Mm. Um, oh my God, this record is so good, bro. Mm. So, so good. Um, obviously, I became a fan of Sunny Jim um, off the last album he put out, uh, Wake or Wasted. Um, and so I like started to dig into some of his like older stuff, and there's some good, really good stuff there. I think White Girl Wasted is the best as far as beats, and that's probably what drew me in. Um, the purest like beats on that album were insane. Um, <clears throat> so then when I saw this one with uh, with Buckwild, I was like, I guarantee you, I'm gonna like the production on this. So yeah. I, I was listening to it, and I'm just like, oh man, this like first of all, you know. I told you I love this dude just because he talks like he talks all the shit that I love. I'm just like that slick shit. Yeah, that fly <laughs> slick shit. 
and like drug talk and like fashion, like all the shit that I love. Like, listen, man, like we were just talking about Daylight, all that shit. I love that shit too. But my favorite hip hop is this shit. Like, this yeah. is what I love the most. And like, he's just talking all this fly, slick shit. And like, he's very slowed down and methodical, very so in the same vein of like Westside Gun and that kind of sense of like mm-hmm. this slow, methodical currency, like that slow, methodical yeah, delivery. Yeah. But like, this just really fly talk, and it's so good, man. <clears throat> the beats, obviously, Buckwild is a genius, so like, mm-hmm. the beats are fucking amazing. Um, it's it's a great project, Cochlear Rock. By Sunny Jim and Buckwild, I definitely think folks should check it out. If you like like that West Side Gun flow, currency, it is very similar to like a Doom too, like that very like straightforward yeah. delivery. Um, he has a lot of Doom in his style. Yeah, exactly. I thought about, I was sitting sitting there listening. I was like, man, Doom is like it was perfect to have Doom on the last album on White Girl Wasted because it is so much doom crime apples on this album too mm. um it's really good man i definitely think folks should check it out if you haven't listened to this dude already definitely listen to coke rock it's great yeah i'm gonna bump that shit i, I love yeah. that fucking name coke <laughs> yeah I, dude, i'm telling you you're going to love it like i i was telling uh this is a personal side i was telling uh our friend raj about it i was we were talking he was like oh you know what i'm really listening to sunny jim white girl i was like yo i fucking love that album uh-huh. and i was like i i was telling john about it on the podcast and then like I put it on one time for him in the car because I was like oh let him listen to it in the car and I remember when you got in the car you were like yo is this the boy you was talking about I was uh-huh. like yeah he was like I listen to this shit all the time shit is crazy <laughs> um, yeah check both of those records out uh, I, I'm definitely gonna check out that Zulu joint I I, I love that kind of like this, just like the madness all that kind of shit that's awesome it's absolutely crazy um, besides that uh, you can check us out uh, serious rap shit on Instagram and Twitter. You're John underscore liberator on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Indy underscore SRS on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can get us um, our Vivo channel, Serious Rap Shit Vivo. If you put that in the search bar on YouTube, it'll pop up. It's also in the links in all our uh, on on our personal stuff. So you can get all our videos there. There's a lot of exclusive shit. There's always new videos going up. Um, SeriousRapShit.com for all our hoodies, t-shirts, hats, mugs, all that shit is right there. Um, the Abash Ice t-shirts and hoodies are still available on Instance Trapping Yoga. And besides that, we'll be back again soon. Peace. Peace. Me and my friend take his fat trap to yoga.